welcome to the Swimming Ideas Podcast. My name is Jeff, and I will be your host for today. This is episode number 98, Create Challenges and Games for Swim Lessons. That's right. Today, we're going to talk about how you can create your own challenges and games for swimming lessons based on the process I use to create all of our games, challenges, and activities that we do in our swim lessons and swim lesson program. Join me today as we explore in depth how you can create your own games and challenges now. Let's get started. That's right. Today we are talking about games, challenges, and how you can create them all on your own. We're going to begin with challenges. So how do you create a challenge? We're going to talk about the formula that I use when I come up with a new challenge, which if you've been paying attention to the website, there's been a flood of new challenges because the workflow process has gotten much easier. I can use uh, Bing Chat to offload a lot of the uh, office work for it, uh, which is typing. Uh, and I can put in the core skill, how it works, the rules, and then it produces a formatted blog post, which is standardized and really easy to read and use. So all of the ideas and the actual challenge and game are created by me. It's simply the format is rearranged and organized by the AI. So it's pretty cool. And then I do a picture because it's kind of neat to see what it comes up with. And most of the time it's extremely relevant. So let's talk about the games and challenges and how you can create them for your own programs. So let's start with challenges. So what is a challenge? A challenge is usually a skill or a activity that is tailored for an individual. And you can use them in private lessons or in small groups or with large groups on swim teams. The beauty of a challenge is that they're a little slower. They require less rules and setup, uh, or not slower. They're more intimate. They, they move faster. Uh, so they're per person. You can uh, do them quicker because they don't need a lot of rules or setup. And you often don't need more than one person to do them. So there's a lot of benefits to doing challenges. Another benefit of doing challenges is that they're pretty easy to explain. Often they're a single skill with a single um, challenge or roadblock in front of that skill. So let's talk about how you can set up your own challenges. So here's what I do when I, I'm going to give a brief overview and I'll explain each part as we go through it um, after a second round. So the first thing I do is I think of a core skill. Which of the core swimming skills found in the teaching swimming online course or workbook are you going to use and focus on to do your challenge? Now, that can be anything from going underwater, structured play, front glides, back glides, freestyle, backstroke, breaststroke, or any of the chunks that go into each of those strokes. So think of a core skill then put a roadblock into teaching that skill or a roadblock into performing that skill well. So a roadblock is something that makes doing that skill more difficult or um, inhibits the ability of the swimmer to do that skill. And then I'll provide some examples as we go forward and then evaluate whether it is fun. So is this challenge fun? So things that make a challenge fun are, is it achievable? 
Is it simple to do? Is it too difficult? Um, is it teaching the wrong skill? Or is it relevant enough to the original skill? So it has to have all these components in order to be an effective challenge. So let's walk through here and we'll come up with a, a challenge um, on the fly right now uh, and see if you can and kind of think along the same lines that I'm thinking of as well. So how do you create a challenge? Think of a core skill. So let's think of a core skill. And, and the simplest one for me is streamline. So let's think of a streamline activity or a skill. So that's our core skill is streamline. And then we're going to put a roadblock into teaching that skill or a roadblock into performing a streamline well. And pretty much exhausted a lot of the streamline challenges at this point. So let's say, let's do something totally wacky here. And our roadblock, let me give you some examples of roadblocks for streamline. Um, doing it in position 11. So it's not technically a streamline, but you do the streamline like whole thing where you go underwater, you push off with your hands on your head, but you don't do one of the three things for streamline. So lock your thumb, squeeze yours, and look down. Let's say instead you don't um, lock your thumb and you do a streamline and your hands fall apart, but you try to keep it together. So that's an example of a roadblock. Or do a streamline, but in position 11. So the roadblock is the arms are not stacked, the hands aren't stacked. So in position 11, it slows you down and you still have to get a certain distance. Or a more extreme variation of that would be to do a streamline in airplane position, which is your arms spread out to the side, and you have to get past the flags, which is nearly impossible to do um, because it creates so much drag and force on your body with the water that you can't push off and get to that distance. So those are all roadblock examples. For our purposes, let's say we're going to do a streamline, um, but with our knees tucked into our chest and our ankles hooked or crossed as if we are a boulder, um, and then push off in streamline with our knees kind of near our stomach and our ankles wrapped together. This is going to be a pretty hard challenge. So that's the roadblock. Um, now we're going to evaluate and then give these swimmers an opportunity to do it. So they have to push off the wall with their ankles crossed and their knees in their chest, which means they can't really use their legs. And we'll say the arms have to be in streamline. So lock your thumb, squeeze yours and look down. Uh, and they have to make it past by pushing off the wall um, two body lengths or past the T mark if you're in a lane. So we have our core skill streamline. We have our roadblock. The ankles are crossed, the knees are pulled into the chest. And now we're going to give them an opportunity to do it. And we're going to evaluate whether it was a fun or engaging challenge. That was a pretty simple one, um, but you can be a little more complicated if you want to be. And it's really that simple. It's just identify a core skill and then do something different with it that still is achievable, but is different. Now, I wouldn't say this particular uh, challenge that we just came up with, which is um, like cannonball streamline or something, where you wrap your, your cross your ankles and lift your knees, is going to be a particularly good streamline. I mean, um, way of teaching streamline. It's going to reinforce the need to use your legs to push off the wall, uh, which is a minor skill, but it, it is worth one doing. So it might be a little fun. So we're going to look at 
in our evaluation of the skill while our swimmers are doing it, are they enjoying it? So are they laughing? Are they having fun? Do they find it interesting? Is it achievable? Is everybody or are most people capable of completing the challenge? Is it too simple? So is everybody in your group succeeding quickly with one attempt? And if that's the case, then we have to make it a little more difficult. Um, or is it teaching the wrong skill? Are we teaching them to curl up in a ball instead of extending into a straight line? Probably not the case here, but definitely something you want to consider. Is the challenge that you're coming up with actually reinforcing a bad habit? Or is it using something that's wrong to clearly identify that the right way is better, which is what most challenges should do? And then is the challenge itself relevant enough to the original skill as to be related to it and clearly identifiable of what that core skill is? Um, just a side note here, I don't know that I ever actually say this is the core skill that this challenge is working on, unless it's something a little more obscure. Uh, generally, it's pretty obvious. Um, and if it's not obvious, it's at least intuitively communicated, I guess would be the way of saying it, where the swimmer, by doing it wrong, knows, perhaps without saying it or articulating it, understands what the challenge is attempting to teach. In this case, it would be the challenge of crossing your legs your ankles and pulling your knees into your chest and then trying to do a streamline without really using your legs has a double impact. You can't really push off the wall. You wanna go far and fast, but your knees pulled into your chest slow you down and make it difficult to do. So when they are gonna do a proper streamline, they, they will know from this challenge that they have to extend their legs make their body streamlined. Um, I say that with, a, you know, in the actual literal sense, streamlined is streamlined, um, in order to get further easier. So, so this is a pretty interesting challenge. It just came up with on the fly here. So uh, cannonball streamline, this is how we come up with it. I just came up with it here. It's think of the core skill, put a simple roadblock in front of it, and then evaluate whether or not it's fun. Uh, and then your swimmers will tell you, yeah, this is a great challenge, or, you know, this is boring. You'll be able to read the room and decide whether or not it was worth continuing. And that's how you do a challenge. Think of a core skill, put a roadblock in front of it. In, uh, the roadblock can be either into teaching the skill or doing the skill well. And then evaluate whether or not it's fun, interesting, achievable, simple, too difficult, it's teaching the wrong skill, or it's relevant to the skill you actually want to teach. Let's move on to games. So how do you come up with a game for a swim lesson? And this is a bit more complicated, and it's a lot more difficult to do a game, uh, which is why we've moved more towards challenges in both our swim lessons and our developmental swim team. Uh, even really in our uh, parent talk classes and, and guppies, it's a lot more uh, challenge-based than it is games, but we still play games. So a game, the quintessential game that I think of is sharks and minnows, uh, and then you put some additional rules on it, um, or bake a cake. So those are two 
pretty iconic swimming games in my mind. Uh, and then I'll use those as kind of uh, examples to illustrate how you can create your own games uh, using this formula we're going to talk about right now. So the, to create a swimming game, the first thing, very similar to a challenge, is you want to identify your core skill. But it needs to be, whereas a challenge is a very specific skill, streamline or freestyle arms or freestyle breathing to the side, uh, keeping half your face in the water. So that's a very nuanced core skill, very specific one. It's a couple chunks down. So the first chunk for, let's say, breathing to the side with half your face in the water, the first chunk would be freestyle. Uh, the second chunk would be the breathing and the arms or the arms and then the breathing and then the type of breathing that you're going to do. So it's a couple layers of chunks there. Um, and those chunks are small pieces that we put back together to get to the whole. And that's how we teach complicated skills. So the game is identify the core skill, but instead of the challenge specific skill that you're working on with a game, you're looking at a broader skill. So something with more mass appeal almost is how you want to say it, or less specific and nuanced. It's more of a broader thing, like the strength of your kicking would be a good broad skill or endurance is a broad skill because it's not necessarily like tied to a specific thing, but it has benefits for the overall swimming ability, uh, going underwater, independent movement, buoyancy, pushing on the water, learning how you cup your hand and push on the water and that makes you move. You know, these are all broader based skills that games are really good at illustrating and teaching and, and providing opportunities to practice and learn without the, I don't want to say drudgery, but without the kind of like do this like mentality where you're being forced to do something you don't want to do. You learn it as a part of your play. And that's why games are fun is because they're fun. They're, they're play and we can learn through playing. So identify that core skill, but it's a broader core skill. Now, once you've chosen your core skill, so for um, bake a cake, the core skill is going underwater. For sharks and minnows, the core skill is largely swimming uh, and swimming underwater or speed. Um, you want to I, I set up some rules and some goals. And we're going to talk about the goals first. So goals are your objectives. So what the people are actually doing or aiming towards in your goal, uh, in your game. So in Bake a Cake, you're creating a cake based on the input of your swimmers and yourself, and then providing an opportunity to eat the cake. In Sharks and Minnows, the goal is to be the last person not being tagged. It's essentially a glorified game of tag, moving between the walls in a pool or in a set space. So what is the goal? What is your objective? And you can further this goal by saying, what skill do you want the swimmers to work on while they are playing this game? So that's part of the goal here is not just what objective do the swimmers have in the game, but what core skill do you want them to practice during the game and focus on that? And so, or it's the target by which the swimmers must do the skill you want to work on to succeed. So if it's um, sharks and minnows, you can say, I want to work on butterfly kick 
you can put a rule in place that um, forces all the minnows to do butterfly kick only. And if they do any other stroke or kick, they are automatically a shark. So that's, that's the rule. But the goal there is butterfly kick. Rules are the roadblocks or the conditions that lead to struggle and therefore learning. So we learn through struggle. We learn through failure and difficulty. And if you've ever done any creative pursuits like writing or drawing or something, um, if you put a box on yourself and you say, I can only use paper and pen, and I'm gonna get really good at this, it restricts your ability to do more things, but then you get better at using the paper and pen. Um, in the same way during playing swimming games, if we restrict the ability of the swimmers to do things, it forces them to focus on what we're forcing them to do, and then they get better at doing that thing. Uh, also, constrictions provide for a lot of creativity and opportunity uh, because people want to get around those restrictions or they want to use the restrictions to their advantage in some way. So maybe that's a stronger fly kick so that they can swim faster and not become a shark or whatever it is. Uh, so rules are the roadblocks. Rules are the conditions that lead to the struggle and learn. So the rule in this sharks and minnows example is that the minnows can only do butterfly kick. And because our goal is to practice butterfly kick and the swimmer's goal is to swim across the pool without getting tagged, only doing butterfly kick. Um, and then that's the game is to avoid getting tagged by a shark who is not encumbered by having to do butterfly kick. They can do, um, they can do just freestyle or any type of swim that they want, which uh, it provides more difficulty in this case for the swimmers because maybe they're not very good at butterfly kick and the sharks are good at doing freestyle. So um, rules are kind of the framework for your game. They're the restrictions and the conditions that you place in order to meet your personal goals for creating, uh, teaching a core skill, but also for providing structure uh, and the kind of the rules of engagement, the, the um, understanding that everyone's gonna play with on an even playing field. For the bake a cake example, let's go back to think of a core skill. In this case, it's going underwater the rules and the goals. So the goals are going underwater. The challenge here, of course, for the instructor or the difficulty for the instructor is that Bake a Cake is a game for kids that don't go underwater. So we're providing many opportunities for each swimmer to put their face willingly underwater. And we're doing it through fun, repetition, and uh, something very relatable to them. Baking a cake. So we have a hula hoop. We stand around the hula hoop in a circle and we splash water into the hula hoop, holding it at the surface because it's our mixing bowl. And we ask each child what they want to put in the cake. And it can be anything from cheese to strawberries to wild things like tree leaves or dirt or whatever they want. Uh, and then splash it into the, into the cake and then mix the cake with your arm very dramatically, get everybody involved. So 
as we go through the process of baking a cake, we're establishing rules, which are constrictions or conditions that lead to struggle. Uh, so we have to put the, the, the batter in the oven, which means it has to go underwater. And I need you to help me go underwater to put it in the oven. Now we need to get it out. Who can smell and see if the cake is ready to be eaten? Can you put your nose in the water? And then when we eat the cake, when it comes back out of the oven, how are you going to eat it? Are you going to splash water on your cheeks? Are you going to scoop water with your hand and then, you know, put your mouth in, in the water, the cup of water? Or are you going to be an animal and smash your face into the water and eat the cake like a crazed lunatic? So you can do all three of these and encourage all three and demonstrate all three. And you're playing a, a game. It's an imaginary game. Um, but you're setting the rules by doing these steps. And then those rules are roadblocks because they're constrictions on what to do. It's just not wild chaos. And the swimmers enjoy the structure and the rules, the play. They know what to expect. And your interaction with that game makes it successful. So these are two really iconic games. Games are a little bit broader. They require multiple steps, typically. Uh, they, have, they usually take longer to do. But you can create your own games by following this formula. Think of your core skill. Think of that core skill in broad terms, wider, less specific terms. Going underwater, independent play, speed, kicking, stuff like that. Then think of the rules and your goals. What are the goals, the objectives of the swimmers, the participants in the game? What do you want them to do? Where do you want them to go? What's your goal for them? What's the skill? What do you want them to get better at? And then put some rules or roadblocks in front of them achieving that goal or objective. So if you want them to swim from one end to the other, but you want them to work on a specific skill and you want to make it fun, only let them swim three strokes. And then they have to tag somebody in like a relay. Um, so then you can separate, you can put four or five people in a lane, you can spread them out, and you can say first person, you only get five strokes and you have to get to the certain point. And if you don't, then you're, you fail, or you, know, you could do any number of things. So core skill, broad, create your rules and goals, focus on your objectives and your personal go goals, and then the goals and objectives of the participants, and then create some rules or roadblocks, and then like challenges, evaluate whether or not that game was fun. Was it achievable? Was it simple enough that they understood? Was it too difficult? Were there too many rules in place so that you have to keep telling them what the rules were? Uh, did it teach the wrong skill? So did you set up sharks and minnows and they learn to run on the deck or swim poorly? You know, what it, did the restrictions you place actually have a... Um, a counteracting effect to what you wanted to do? Or was it relevant enough? Did you get so complicated that you deviated away from that core skill that you wanted to be teaching and then you ended up working on something else? I'm gonna leave it right here. I'm just gonna say you can create your own challenges and games if you follow this formula and I think it's gonna work for you. Think of that core skill, put a roadblock in front of it, either to teaching that skill or performing it well, and then evaluate whether or not it's fun. And there you go, you have a challenge. For a game, just think broader, put 
figure out what you want your swimmers to do. What's the objective? What's the goal? Where are they aiming for? And then put some rules around it and some roadblocks. And then as always, evaluate whether or not that challenge or that game is actually fun. Do your kids, when you're participating, laugh? That's a good metric for it. Do they get excited when they succeed? Do they get frustrated when they fail and want to try again immediately? Those two things will help guide you in whether or not your games and challenges are a success. Or you can use our list, swimminglessonsideas.com slash swim games or just games. And you can find a whole list, 115 at this point, of games and challenges that we've compiled and put online for you to use as you will. Thank you for joining me today. And tomorrow, we can teach better lessons together. Take care.